Welcome to Everyday Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Cynthia Thurlow. This podcast is designed to educate, empower, and inspire you to achieve your health and wellness goals. My goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and conversations from leaders in the health and wellness industry each week and impact over a million lives. Today, I welcomed Dr. John Lawrence. He's a doctor of chiropractic and naturopathic medicine. He is also the author of Melatonin, The Miracle Molecule. I was so excited to dive deep into one of my favorite and very misunderstood hormones. We talked about the role of melatonin, including its role in stress protection, anti-aging and brain function. We talked about the role of hormesis what depletes melatonin and why people that are sympathetic dominant in our modern day lifestyles need to be very attuned to this important hormone, the role of deep sleep in brain health, autophagy, autoimmunity. And we also touched on the gut microbiome as well as specific populations, including shift workers, why they need to be concerned about supporting melatonin secretion. We also spoke about the role of Sandman as well as other products that he has created, including Fast Track Fast, which has NAD, Methylene Blue, and other Senolytic products in it. I hope you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did and find it as invaluable as I did reading Dr. Lawrence's book. Welcome, Dr. Lawrence. It's so good to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to our discussion for several months. I know that we both had books that just came out this year, and so it's been an especially busy time. But I would love for you to share with the Everyday Wellness podcast listeners how you got so passionate about melatonin. Well, thanks for having me, Cynthia. And you know, our brief little chat right before we started recording, I'm really excited with your enthusiasm for melatonin and you know, your interest in bringing forth, you know, all of the miracles that melatonin has to offer to your audience. I think it's, is going to be a great show for a lot of people to listen to. And they're going to be really shocked when they really hear the full story, because it's not easy to find that story, is it? No. And I think for myself being traditional allopathic trained and also functionally trained, what I learned years ago in my training was that melatonin was this little hormone secreted by the penile gland that helps us sleep. And that was kind of the prevailing information that was shared with us. And yet the more I learn about melatonin and the importance of it, the more I humbly acknowledge that there's a lot that we don't fully understand and appreciate. So when we're talking about melatonin, let's talk about what it actually offers because it is so much more than just a hormone that helps us sleep. I mean, I'm providing kind of a reductionistic perspective, but I think when people really understand what we are doing in our modern day lives, that is adversely impacting the secretion of melatonin and how all of the ways that we are living our lives, it is actually suppressing this hormone that has far reaching effects that are significant and quite profound. And it goes all the way back to the cellular level. You know, we love to talk about mitochondrial health on this podcast. And so when I was listing out the benefits of melatonin last night, just for my own kind of organizational process, I thought to myself, I think most people don't even realize how much benefits melatonin provides to their bodies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in fact, it's not as necessary when we don't have stress, but you know, we know what happens when like for instance, gravity is a stressor, right? And if we go into space and there's no gravity, 
that stress that normally causes our bones to respond by producing more, you know, bone tissue becomes such a problem. I mean, people come back from space and they have severe osteoporosis unless they have something that mimics gravity, right? To put that stress into the bones. And so you can take this story and tell it over and over and over again for so many different types of stress, because it's what, what keeps us going. It's what keeps us alive. And our body is built with a system where we have an adaptation response and all of these adaptation responses require energy. And when we don't have the energy to respond, then this is a major cause of disease. If not, I would offer the primary cause of disease is they all share one thing is that they start with a low energy situation and disease expresses itself in a variety of different ways with individuals based on their genetics and their various environmental influences. But underlying those diseases is generally the lack of energy to provide an adaptation response to a various stress. And when those stresses exceed the body's ability to adapt you start to have an inflammation, right? Because all stresses have one thing in common. They have an inflammatory nature to them. That inflammation, when it gets to a certain level, see those little structures inside of our, all of our cells called the mitochondria. And it sounds like your listeners are very familiar with what that is. You know, the powerhouse of the cell, they really do not like inflammation. In fact, so much so that they basically say, hey, listen, we're out, you do the job yourself. And so all the energy is then taken out of the mitochondria and it's made in the rest of the cell and it's not efficient at all. And in fact, it gives you 10% of the energy that you would otherwise get. So you can imagine like if you have an infection, right? Your body's trying to adapt to that infection by mounting an immune response and all of a sudden you have 10% of the immune function that you had just a short time before, you're going to lose that battle. Now, how does melatonin play into this story? Well, melatonin sits in the mitochondria and it holds the fort down to keep it from making that switch to say, hey, no, you do it yourself. Basically keeping the mitochondria from shutting down and switching from making energy within the mitochondria to making energy outside of the mitochondria, which again is only 10% as effective. And so melatonin is the key nutrient that preserves that situation because it's the ultimate antioxidant and it's made in every cell in the body. I think it's really interesting about melatonin and talking about cellular energy and you know, providing a, a platform for people to really understand this. So I think my understanding of the mitochondria is by the age of 40, all of us have dysfunctional mitochondria, but if you're dealing with chronic diseases before then, whether it's a tick-borne illness, whether it's diabetes, whether it's high blood pressure, whether if you've unfortunately been diagnosed with cancer, what you're really looking at is even at an earlier stage, you have this inefficient glycolytic system that your body is utilizing to create energy as opposed to you know, utilizing energy within the cell where it's much more efficient. And so when I think about the suppression of melatonin, and I think about as, but one example, I have teenagers, they spend a lot of time on electronics and a lot of time the past two years, as I suspect many listeners have as well, given the global pandemic. And so I think about the things that impact reducing melatonin in the body. And so I start thinking about blue light and junk light and things that will, you know, adversely impact our mitochondrial efficiency will impact melatonin secretion. And then on the other side, I also think about the fact that I know north of 40, 
that most of us are producing less melatonin intrinsically. And this is when you start seeing sleep issues and you start seeing hormonal dysregulation. And so I think it's so important for people to understand that, you know, melatonin is this incredibly impactful, helpful hormone that really doesn't get the attention that it truly deserves and why I think your book is so important. You know, we think about what it does in the brain. We think about how it impacts our immune defenses. We think about the anti-inflammatory as you kind of talked about. And I also start to think about why are so many providers fearful of repletion of melatonin? Because I was always taught, oh, if you provide repletion of this hormone, it's going to suppress your endogenous, your inside secretion of melatonin. And based on what I was reading in your book, that really doesn't seem to be the case. And I certainly myself over the last year have been experimenting with what I thought was high dose melatonin. And then I actually purchased Sandman and I was like, okay, this is high dose melatonin. And so really understanding that repleting lost reserves of melatonin can be beneficial provided that vis-a-vis you're making those lifestyle changes too. You know, part of the allopathic model is that we put a bandaid on things. And a lot of the kind of gestalt of your work is really making or ensuring people understand why it's so important to do the work, not just use the replacement, but really think thoughtfully about how you interact with your environment, what kind of foods you eat, you know, what you're doing in your personal and professional life that can adversely impact this very important hormone. For sure. Yeah. Very well stated. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armour Colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armour's Colostrum strengthens immunity ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced. And it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients, and it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. 
Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. What are some of the ways so when you're talking about you know the impacts of what depletes melatonin? So I'm sure for listeners they're curious to know. What are some of the main reasons that you see with your patient population as to why their melatonin levels are suboptimal? Well, you had mentioned, you know, light. I think, you know, we're wired for the sleep-wake cycle and we produce melatonin based on blue and green light that enters our eyes during the daytime. And we really need to have two conversations because I think people get confused because they're thinking about the pineal melatonin And then we're kind of talking about, hey, there's all these other benefits of melatonin, which is the extra pineal melatonin. And so the pineal melatonin is really what regulates the sleep-wake cycle. And it's a very small amount of melatonin compared to the, the, all of the melatonin that's produced by the body. So the sleep-wake, so your pineal is going to produce and store melatonin during light, and it's going to release it and activate it, which is going to help you to regulate a lot of systems in your body, but primarily the parasympathetic nervous system. And so this parasympathetic nervous system is, you know, part of what's called your autonomic nervous system. So you have this kind of like automatic part of your nervous system, they call the autonomic nervous system, and it's separated into two parts. You have the fight or flight, which is the sympathetic and the resting and digesting, which is the parasympathetic. And when we are looking at like modern civilization and like, what are some of the key things that are causing a lot of disease? You know, I would offer that it's this chronic state of adrenalized, you know, busy, you know, we can accomplish so much more with all the technology and it's exciting. You know, we can do all these things and manage 10 businesses on our cell phone. And, you know, we can watch movies that have been produced for hundreds of millions of dollars you know, think back, you know, a hundred years ago, even the most glorious King, you know, didn't have that ability to watch entertainment that had that much built into it. Right. So we have, you know, just a tremendous amount of things that cause us to be activated and not enough things that are countering that. And that's within the autonomic nervous system, primarily the parasympathetic resting and digesting part. And so this resting and digesting part of our nervous system is very far reaching in its importance. And one of it is it's how we repair our body when we sleep. You know, this is where we're, our body's regenerating itself, you know, our cardiovascular system and our brain and every cell in your body really relies on that break that we get each night. And the deeper that we can really dive into that calm 
you know, um, relaxed state in the parasympathetic nervous system, the more repair we're going to get, which is going to prepare us more for the issues that we might face during daytime. Right. And so when we start to have that loss of that regeneration and that repair night after night, after night, then again, our adaptation ability really starts to fall to the wayside and we start becoming more susceptible to all kinds of diseases. See, our body is a self-healing, self-regulating. There's a wisdom that flows through every cell in your body. You know, some, you know, we call it the innate intelligence, right? Some people might call it God or the divine. And this is something that that's there working for us, but it runs out of battery power. You know, it runs out of juice and where that's coming from is the mitochondria. And again, besides having this ability to kind of regulate this sleep wake, you know, the melatonin's there to prevent us from kind of overheating, so to speak, from various stresses. So I call it the ultimate resilience molecule, but kind of back to your question about like, what are the primary things kind of affecting that, I guess, pineal melatonin, right? This is going to be like light is going to be a big thing. EMF is a big issue, right? So EMF actually travels directly through your skull and those particles and those wavelengths, when they hit your pineal, your pineal sees that as sunlight. And so that can really interfere with the circadian rhythm and the release of melatonin. But, you know, there's solutions to these things, but at the end of the day, once you get to the age of 40, 50, 60, melatonin just goes in the gutter. So I don't care. You know, I think wearing blue blocking glasses is a really good idea. I wear those when I go to bed, when I'm watching TV at night, or if I'm the computer or looking at my cell phone, I turn, you know, that brightness down and that can help you get a better night's sleep. You know, those are things that can help hack sleep, but, and it may affect the melatonin a little bit, but by that time in the later years of life, you're not really producing much anyway. So I think there's a big argument for people to supplement with melatonin. And I think that if melatonin was better understood as far as its safety, then I think probably the entire population would probably be, we'd put it in the water system. I think, you know, that's how beneficial I think, I think everybody should consider at least taking it in certain periods of stress, but I've been doing an experiment with myself and I've been taking about 800 milligrams of melatonin every night for the last couple of years. And I've taken breaks, you know, where I've taken a break for a week and I don't fall off a cliff. And the reason being is because everybody does, you know, when you take like something like testosterone or progesterone, you're going to shut down your own endogenous production. As you mentioned, Cynthia, before it's like this inside production of melatonin or of hormones of testosterone or progesterone, estrogen, you know, a lot of these hormones, they're set so that we have a reciprocal inhibition. So if we get it, our body says, okay, we have that, we don't need to produce it. And so there's a shutting down of the production of it from that. We don't have that with melatonin. So there's no fear uh, for anybody to think if I supplement with melatonin, that you're going to start producing less. And, you know, really by the time you're in your sixties and seventies and eighties, you're not really producing hardly any anyway, you know? So even if it did, you know, I'm not sure that that would even matter, but you don't need to worry about that. And then what I think is really humorous. And I've had a lot of people message me this complete joke online where it's like, you know, we have, you know, all of these toxic people are claiming that the kids are becoming getting toxic effects to melatonin by taking melatonin that their parents have in their medicine cabinet. Right. And so 
I don't remember the exact language to it, Cynthia, but it was something where it was kind of a fear thing, like, Hey, toxic melatonin, we need to really watch out for that. And I just absolutely know it's some like conspiracy, you know, pharmaceutical companies would really love to patent melatonin and that melatonin could replace a lot of medicines. And so I think putting some information out there is really easy for them to do. I think they can easily get some reporter to write a quick little article like that, that's going to cause millions and millions of people to then be afraid of melatonin because the word toxic and melatonin should never be used in the same sentence. You know, they've done studies They've done so many studies, Cynthia, literally, if you look at my book, just, just, you know, full of references and almost every scientist says the same thing. They say, we feel like more research is necessary because we don't see any toxic effects to this. And one study in particular, they gave up to 150,000 milligrams. It was a, an animal model, but for that size of the animal, it would be the same equivalent to 150,000 milligrams to a, a normal size adult that would weigh 70 kilograms. And they stopped it at that point. Cause they're like, you know, who's going to take that much anyway. Right. And they just concluded that it's melatonin is non-toxic. Well, it's really interesting because, you know, my N of one, or I should say my N of a hundred, cause I've probably walked many, many patients through the addition of melatonin to a supplement regimen and what I found profoundly interesting is that most conventional supplement companies might do 0.5 milligrams, one, maybe three, maybe five, maybe 10 milligrams. And for a lot of people, when they start out with a higher dose, all of a sudden, even if they do, they titrate it up and they titrate it down about the worst thing that's going to happen is they may wake up in the morning and be a little groggy but getting light exposure will help improve that. So that's the first thing that I've, my N of a hundred that I've kind of observed with titrating doses of melatonin. The other thing that I found interesting is I would imagine that across the spectrum, depending on the quality of the melatonin, there are probably companies out there where if it were tested, they may not actually have much melatonin in a supplement. I tend to, you know, gravitate towards higher quality companies like your own and a few others where, you know, my N of a hundred, I've been able to get consistent results at certain doses. And so I think it's important for people to understand that if you're going to choose to supplement, you want to make sure you're using a high quality product, because if you find it in Costco or Walmart or your grocery store, you might not be getting what you think you are. And, and I think a lot of people don't understand there's very little regulation in the supplement industry. And so we used to call them ergogenic aids, but you know, the supplement industry is largely unregulated. And so in many instances, you really have to spend a little bit of time, you know, ensuring that the supplement you're taking is of high quality. One thing I do want to mention that I think is really interesting is that the byproduct of our modern day lifestyles is we've gotten so accustomed to just being tired. Like it's, I cannot tell you how many men and women I speak to. And they're like, well, I'm X age. This is the, just the way things are. And I always say, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I feel like at the stage of life as a middle-aged woman, I have more energy now than I probably did in my medical training when I was getting by on very little sleep and have, you know, staying up very late at night to study. And so I, I think the kind of scarcity mindset or kind of reframing for people to understand that you can really feel good at just about any age you just oftentimes have to, you know, find what works best for you as an individual. And I think melatonin is really such a fascinating opportunity for people to experiment and see what works best. I know when I came back from a trip two weeks ago, more than two weeks ago, I thought I had gotten 
COVID and I actually didn't have COVID, but I started real high dosing melatonin. And I do think that the amount of melatonin I was taking was definitely helping whatever virus I was exposed to. I kept coming up negative for COVID and for flu. And I just had some type of creeping cred virus, but really understanding that it could be incredibly healing and nourishing. And it's, again, it's so much more than just thinking about it in the context of sleep. Yeah. Well, and that's, there's actually some hospitals who that was their protocol where they were getting up into the hundreds of milligrams. Um, I mean, some of them would be 20 or 40, and then there was some that were quite high. And I was really happy to see that early on. And then it seemed to disappear, you know, like it was kind of the first six months of COVID, you could easily pull it up and you could go to the hospitals and you could read that that was part of their protocol. And then, you know, I think things changed a bit. And I got my opinions about that, but we're not going to get into that on this show. No, it's funny slash not funny that I think most of us in the health and wellness space feel like we have to carefully navigate these conversations because they can largely be, we can be put in a position where we can get into a, a sense of, well, there's no other way to put it. You just feel like you've been gagged. So it's easier just to bypass, bipedal the concept. So Let's talk a little bit about stages of sleep, because I think this is particularly interesting. What's so important and nourishing when we're talking about REM sleep and deep sleep. And I love talking about the glymphatic system. I think this is something that all of us should fully understand and why it's so, so important to ensure that we're getting high quality sleep because it is so restorative and important for brain health as well as metabolic health. Yeah. Well, deep sleep is the primary activator of the lymphatic system. You know, and I always say that, you know, you're either a swamp or a river and there can be parts of your body that are swampy or rivery. And you think about a swamp as being stagnant and, you know, you've got, you know, a breeding ground for bacteria and viruses and molds and whatever, where a river, you know, you have this turnover and, and it's going to be more fresh. So, having a system to get rid of waste products is really important and bring in the groceries, take out the garbage, if you, if you will. And so the glymphatic system is the gutter system, like the lymphatic system is in the body. And so that deep sleep is really the primary activator of that. And a lot of people don't get a quality deep sleep and it's highly correlated to the development of degenerative neurologic disorders. So you know, one thing that's kind of interesting is your sleep posture can actually affect your glymphatic system. And although, you know, as a chiropractic, you know, chiropractic neurologist, you know, I really appreciate the curve in the neck and the importance of sleeping on your back. And a friend of mine developed a, a wonderful pillow called the neck nest, you know, Peter Martoni. And I think it's a wonderful product if you're sleeping on your back, but then they found that sleeping on your side actually supports better lymphatic system. I probably sleep on my side the majority of the time, but so sleep posture can affect it. Melatonin can definitely affect it and that it's activation of the uh, deep sleep cycle. And that can be important to get rid of waste products. So all of these different degenerative neurologic conditions all have one thing in common, which is there's protein accumulations in the brain. And so you start thinking about, okay, well, if there's protein accumulations, let's look at what's causing an upregulation. Why are more proteins happening? And then why aren't these clearing as well, right? So the proteins are oftentimes a response of the immune system. So things like chronic neurologic infections. And that's why here at our clinic, we regularly test people for, you know, their different viruses. You know, we look at Lyme disease quite a bit. 
We look at a, ver- a variety of different infections that people could have systemically. And then there's also toxins, right? So whether it's a toxin or infection, which by the way, Cynthia, I think between toxins and infections, I think you're really at the core of most diseases. And those are the stressors that are causing the inflammation that's then shutting down our energy that then it's like this loop, right? It kind of perpetuates itself. So looking at the deep, utmost upstream cause of disease is the uh, reaction to inflammation from toxins and infections. And so in the brain, when you get these toxins or infections, the body's immune system, which oftentimes you have the glial cells in the brain, and those glials become activated. And then a lot of these plaques are built around these offenders to kind of protect them from reacting so much with the glial cells, because glial cells are these little cells in the brain, and they're like a chihuahua with a pazooka, right? Once they get pissed off, they just start blasting everything, and they don't typically want to stop. Well, anybody that knows chihuahuas or has chihuahuas, you know, you walk in the room, and they're just Yep, 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 yep. And they just don't stop, right? That's your glial cells. So we want to quiet those glial cells down. And that's one of the reasons I developed a product called Lucitol, which is also a suppository. A lot of our products, we also make liposomals, but suppository is just such an amazing way to get nutrients into the body. And we can talk about that a little bit, but the Lucitol, we use a couple of ways. One during fasting. So I know that you do a lot with fasting and you you talk about fasting quite a bit. So there's this aspect of fasting where we're dipping into autophagy, that self-cleaning. And part of that process is cleaning up these senescent cells and these senescent cells, these zombie cells that accumulate because our body doesn't successfully find them and remove them and recycle them. They just hog up a lot of energy and they produce a lot of inflammation they can be cleaned up with something called synolytic. So besides fasting, there's substances that are considered synolytic, meaning that it's like going to clean out senescent cells. And what we do is we stack the Lucitol, which has sterile still and physotin as their primary ingredients. But it happens that those nutrients are also really, really helpful to settle down glial activation. So for anybody that's had a brain trauma or they they're getting exposed to toxins, you know, they got biotoxin illness like mold. They're going to want to really pay attention to a stroke is another example, right? They're going to want to pay attention to something to calm down glial activation, right? And so a lot of these polysterol, these polyphenols, which are these plant extracts can be really, really helpful for that. So really amazing how the same thing is kind of great to calm down the inflammation in the brain. And it can also be really good to take while you're fasting. So we have a program called the fast track fast, which is a a kit that we put together where we load people with NAD. And I've been really enjoying methylene blue as well as like an energy loading. But what's really cool about methylene blue is besides really charging the mitochondria and the body's energy, a cellular energy, methylene blue also promotes autophagy. And so it can be quite a nice nutrient to take while you're in a fasting state. So we look at methylene blue, we look at NAD as like charging up the cells in preparation for this stress, which is we're going to fast. Maybe we're going to fast for 16 hours in a day. Maybe we're going to do a 24-hour fast once a week, or maybe we're going to do a more extended fast. 
where we do two, three, or even up to five or more days of fasting. Well, on those fasting days, we recommend taking these polyphenols and the substances in Lucetol can be really helpful to stack on those fasting days. And you could do it simply if you're doing intermittent fasting, you can do it in the morning or before bed, or you can do it while you're going through your, you know, any day that you're doing fasting, same thing with the methylene blue NAD, you do not want to take at the same time because NAD supports senescent cells because it's such a supporter for cells that senescent cells take it as a bit of a lifeline. So you're trying to actually kind of choke them out and get them to be cleared out. You don't want to support them. So we don't want to take NAD every day. NAD is something that you want to take you know, I'll usually recommend my patients take NAD anywhere from one to five times a week. And there can be a loading and there can be a maintenance with the NAD. And we have a product called NAD Max, which has a pretty high dose of NAD in a suppository, um, 500 milligrams, which is close to what most clinics will run as an IV. We've got 250 milligrams of NMN and 250 milligrams of NR. And those are both precursors. And then we also put some physotin in there to kind of, at the same time, we want to give people NAD. We don't want to support, you know, senescent cells. So we're kind of giving a senolytic with the NAD in hopes to kind of science that out a little bit. But, and then after the fast, uh, melatonin can be wonderful. And so the reason that we like melatonin after a fast is because fasting is a stressor to our microbiome. And you know, I don't know about you, but the more I look into the microbiome, the more I get just totally excited about how this could be really at the root of like everything. You know, I mean, we have trillions of these bacteria in our body and, you know, they're all communicating and talking to each other and they're producing peptides, right? They're producing neuropeptides and peptides. So everybody's into paying for all these peptides, but I think we can produce our own if we have a healthy microbiome. Yeah. So what happens when we fast is our body basically through the process of attrition is we're cleaning out a lot of these bacteria and even the good bacteria are going to kind of diminish in numbers, right? Because we're depleting them from nutrients. Then when we start to eat, then we're going to start to have this replenishment of the microbiome. And if you can guess, what is the primary activator of growth of new bacteria in the gut? Eating. Melatonin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It stimulates something called microbiome swarming. And so the microbiome is just like your body, right? We make new cells and tissues when we're sleeping, right? We make new cells and tissues based on a circadian rhythm. Same thing happens with the microbiome. So the microbiome is working during the day, but then they have this swarming effect at night where they actually proliferate. And it's based on melatonin that's literally being secreted by the lining of the gut. And that's gut melatonin, which is by the way, 400 times higher than pineal melatonin. There's so much goodness in what you just said. So for listeners, we're going to touch on a lot of these topics, but we have these circadian clocks in our gut. This is oftentimes why I encourage people not to eat too close to bedtime because you can dysregulate secretion of melatonin. I did not realize that melatonin was the impetus per se, the biggest impetus per se to healing the gut microbiome. What's interesting is I did a talk at A4M in April talking about the role of fasting and the interrelationship with the gut microbiome. But what I think is most important 
for people to understand if they're not already clinicians that are, when you start looking at the epithelial layer of the small intestine, it's one layer cell layer thick, which is very small. And so what people oftentimes don't realize is it's very easy to disrupt the gut microbiome. It's very easy to disrupt the epithelial layer, which can lead to leaky gut or small intestine hyperpermeability. And so many of us at the way we live our lifestyles, the foods we choose to eat, the unrelenting stress, the sympathetic dominance, really putting ourselves in a position that we're going to impact the health of the melatonin clocks that we have. Now, Mm -hmm. one thing I want to make sure I touch on, because people have heard you use the word suppository several times Mm -hmm. as a clinician, we both understand how vascular the rectum can be. But in terms of a delivery system, let's explain why you chose to provide supplements that are delivered in that way. It's not something to be scared of. I mean, it freaks my whole family out. They know when the melatonin comes out of the refrigerator and they know what's going to happen. But I think it's important for people to understand this delivery system is very specific, very special, very vascular. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I have to take you back to the early days when I was really sick with Lyme disease and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And somebody somewhere had suggested uh, glutathione suppositories. And I had been actually finding that IV glutathione was helpful, but, you know, getting an IV on a regular basis just wasn't practical. Right. So I ordered some um, glutathione suppositories and I found that Cynthia, I had tried so many things when I was sick. And very few things, if anything, really worked, like really moved the needle. And I had Lyme and I had mold and I was toxic and I didn't really, I didn't understand this area. I was a fairly successful naturopathic and chiropractic physician, even back then. I mean, I had patients traveling in to see me and I could not figure out what was wrong with me. But I did know one thing is when I took a a glutathione suppository before bed, I'd wake up and I'd feel a lot better than I did if I didn't. Right. And so, um, it became something that was a necessity for me to function. And I really found it really interesting how effective this delivery system was. And so I started a company and we started to sell glutathione suppositories. I want to say this is probably like 17 years ago. And you know, it was one of those, you know, little pet projects that I had, you know, where, you know, shipping them out of the clinic and that went on for many, many years. And then I finally started to look at, you know, well, you know, there's a lot of different combinations and different substances that I thought could really be beneficial after I had recovered from my own journey with mold and Lyme disease you know, I started looking back and I started to think like, oh, okay, these are some things that I really want in my clinic to treat my patients because you go through it yourself, you wind up attracting a lot of those types of patients to your practice. So when I looked at melatonin, it really became a no brainer because it can slow release into the system while you're sleeping. And this mimics the way melatonin is secreted. I don't care how slow of releasing oral, you you cannot get anything that's really going to release anywhere near as smooth and long lasting as a suppository. And it's a nothing, you know, you, it goes in very easily and you wash your hands and you don't even know it's in there. It turns into like kind of an oil very quickly. So it's not really an inconvenient thing to do. It's not a gross thing to do. Once you do it once or twice, you just realize like it's like total in Europe. In fact, it's really, really commonplace. A lot of doctors give their medicines to, um, to people. So, and also think about how 
sick a lot of people's guts really are and how much absorption is really happening anyway. So they did a study on melatonin to see how absorbable melatonin really is orally, because what happens is our stomach acid works on these things and then our liver breaks them down. So we have first pass through our liver, stomach and digestive enzymes before the nutrient even has an opportunity to be released into the bloodstream. And so what they found is only one and a half percent of the melatonin found its way into the bloodstream. And so, you know, then you have people taking like, you know, a half of milligram or a milligram. This is very homeopathic and homeopathy works, right? Homeopathy works. And so people are going to find benefit for various amounts of melatonin. And there is some jargon out there that is suggestive that, very small doses of melatonin is much more effective. And there's some flaws in that research. Russell Ryder, who is a colleague of mine, and he's probably one of the most researched, he's an MD and a PhD. And he has a lot to say about that research that a lot of people look at as like, oh, no, 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 it's it's healthier to do lower amounts because he's obviously in the other camp, which is the camp I'm in, which is based on real science and real research that shows that um, it's totally safe to do very high doses of melatonin can be done for long periods of time. It's safe for anywhere from children to very late in life. And so, yeah. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believe that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bi Optimizers. Masszymes is a full spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep 
challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. It's really interesting. I even read that in Europe, um, high-dose melatonin is used as a contraceptive. I did not know that. Mm. Anywhere, I think 75 to 100 milligrams. So if you're a younger person listening to this and you're using high-dose melatonin, you just have to be mindful that it can act as a contraceptive, which I found utterly fascinating. But when you think about intrinsically how melatonin works, not improbable that that could be uh, a reaction. But I, I do agree after a year of using high-dose melatonin. And I worked with 6, 12, 18 milligrams. It was a titration up and a titration down. I hover around 10 milligrams. I do use your product probably once or twice a week. And, and definitely when I thought I had a virus that we will not mention, I was using it almost every night. And for me, I knew that I kind of was getting to a point that I was starting to feel better because there was one morning where I must've hit that wall of my melatonin threshold. And I just got outside and just sat outside for a while and got light on my retinas and helped, you know, suppress some of the increased cortisol, which is kind of the, you know, the other side of, of melatonin when increases, when your cortisol is increased, it's going to suppress melatonin. But to me, it really, it really helped my sleep tremendously. And I think for a lot of listeners that are probably really curious, they're going to want to check out your book and certainly your work. Now, I want to make sure that we touch a little bit on shift workers. I got a lot of questions from healthcare providers, people who work in different industries that are working overnight that understand the importance of sleep and they're concerned about how can they support their bodies, especially because if you look at the research on on shift workers, they generally tend to have higher rates of diabetes, insulin resistance, propensity for certain types of cancers. If you really look at the research, we know that they're at greater risk for metabolic disease what are some of the things that you would say to them specifically? Because I know for many of them, the more they learn, the more they're really trying to make better choices, 
Um, in fact, I fielded a lot of questions at KetoCon with people saying, how do I go to work and not eat? And I was like, very easy. You eat before you go to work and you don't eat till you get home. And they were like, oh, <laughs> uh-huh. how does that work? And I was like, promise me, I promise you, you'll, you'll feel good. So for the shift workers of the world, what would you say to them? Well, there's things you can do to hack that. You know, there's glasses that will produce some green. And we actually have been playing around with this little light that produces a blue light. And there's ways that you can kind of enhance some of those colors to mimic the daytime that you might look at putting around your workspace. And then, you know, I think that you had some good suggestions as far as how to like kind of organize your diet around those. I mean, ultimately, I think that there's some people that are going to be able to tolerate it better than other people. One of my partners, we do a lot of regenerative medicine here. You know, we use stem cells and PRP and different types of things that we inject. We actually just started doing a stem cell injection into the ear that we had this doctor from Korea fly in and and train us on for hearing loss and tinnitus. It's really amazing. So that's like a huge part of our practice where we do this regenerative medicine. And so one of my partners who was working for me here was an ER doctor. And I remember he would always say, you know, is like, there's two types of people. There's people that can handle this, you know, because obviously in the ER, you know, that's, there's a lot of time, you know, night shift. And he says, there's people, and there's people that really can't like for me, there's no way, you know, that I could have anything remote to a a vital life. If I had that type of situation, no matter how many hacks I did. So I would say that you need to really find out if you're one of those people. And if you're, if you are, I think you should really look at changing your career. And if not, and you're wanting to stick it out, I think that supplementing with something like Sandman or like a high dose melatonin would probably be on the top of my list, right? That along with getting some blue and green light at, you know, in the nighttime, you know, so you're going to try to make nighttime be like daytime and you're going to make sure that when you're sleeping, you have total dark out, right? So you want to invest in some of these shades and uh, turn off your Wi-Fi during the day and take a lot of melatonin. I think those are some really good suggestions. And I I think having been someone that worked nights as an ear nurse and realized very quickly, even in my twenties that I could not sustain that, that I am not one of those people who does well Uh being awake at night and sleeping during the day. I never, ever got accustomed to it. Thankfully I had a very sympathetic nurse manager, which helped. And my last night shift I worked as a nurse practitioner was 17 years ago. So my oldest will be 17 in August. And I was always that person. I was nauseous all the time. It was awful. And there are definitely people that are like that. So really honoring who you are as individuals. I think that information is super helpful. You touched on something about home changes. And I know for myself, and I'm kind of, we're kind of backtracking a little bit, but I think this is important. I know, I think, I believe I read a blog where you were talking about some of the things you did within your home. We built a home last year and we had a gentleman by the name of Brian Hoyer who came out and his team assessed the land. They made all these recommendations, much to my teenager's disappointment because we have special grounding material on the floors. We have special paint on our walls. We do not during the summer, but during the school year, we knock out the Wi-Fi at night. Everything's in airplane mode. My kids think I'm crazy, but I do know I'm one of those canary in the coal mines. I am definitely one of those people when I'm exposed to a lot of EMF and radiation, guess what happens? My cortisol gets dysregulated. There was a house that we sold in 2020 And Brian's team came out and assessed it. And he said, I've never seen this much geopathic stress and EMF and radiation coming into a home. We were in a very affluent part of Northern Virginia. And so it's really interesting for me 
when I look at what other healthcare providers are doing to protect their sleep, protect their homes, there are fairly easy things we can do. We can sleep in the cold and the dark and wear a sleep mask and wear blue blockers. But I believe you have a bedroom situation and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you have a bed canopy. So you're very protected from EMF radiation, et cetera. And and you talked about it at the very beginning, what that actually does to the penile gland. And I think it's important for people to just even be aware, like if you can't do anything, at least put your phone in airplane mode, but I'm curious to know what are your thoughts as well about aura rings and Apple watches and all this technology. I'm wearing my aura ring right now. What are your thoughts on how this impacts the net impact on sleep? Well, I, you know, aura doesn't really concern me too much. I don't really know a lot about some of the other wearables, but I think that that could be a concern. The Apple watch for sure. I think that you can deactivate the Bluetooth mechanism. So whenever you can do that, you want to pay attention to that, that feature. And you're absolutely right. I mean, kids, you know, obviously, you know, kids have so much reservoir, you know, for their health and vitality. So they're not feeling that the same. It sounds like you and I are very similar, you know, with the canary and Mm -hmm. oftentimes you'll find people like us in the healthcare business because, you know, we're, we've learned how to help ourselves and we're the guys you want working for you. Right. Because we can take a supplement and feel it. Right. So um, canary is the opposite of a canary is what I call a bull moose. Right. And which is pretty much 80% of the population. And they're not as in touch with their, the impact that their lifestyle has on internal chemistry in the body. But for you and I, we can have a certain meal or we might eat a certain thing or a certain way. And we know very quickly, like, you know, is that serving us or is that working for us or not? And so with kids, you know, it's very difficult because I know even when I was a kid, maybe I didn't even care. You know, I might feel a little bit off or whatever, but it's like, you didn't care. Just let me go play mom. Right. So I really sympathize with trying to get all these things done in the household. I can imagine it must be difficult. Well, we actually had a conversation last night, my husband and I, and just said, you know, when school starts, because my kids, they're like bears, you know, that chronotype, they can stay up really, really late, but it's to their own detriment. And so I said, you know, we're going to have to go back to knocking out the Wi-Fi at 11 o'clock at night, which is past my bedtime. But yeah. my teenagers love to stay up really late. Like I think they almost see it as an art form. Now I want to be respectful of your time. So let my listeners know how to connect with you, how to get your book, how to get your products. Obviously we'll have lots of links. Sandman is the product that I have been using. And obviously I'm going to check out the fast track fast because I like, I'm one of those people. I love to try things. And as you said, you know, you and I are both the canaries. So I'm very sensitive to stuff. I'd really be curious to know how I respond because I'm always looking to take my fasting to another level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Mitozen. Our clinic is in Sarasota, Florida, and we're advanced rejuvenation.us. My book is on Amazon, Melatonin Miracle Molecule. I got a whole chapter on gut, by the way. I know we like kind of touched on it, but there's much more. And virtually there's an amazing story just like that. And melatonin for cardiovascular, mental, emotional health, brain, neurological infection. You know, we kind of touched on that, but we kind of get into the nitty gritty on how that actually works. Hormones. Yeah. I mean, just virtually skin. So it's amazing melatonin and skin. I mean, I, I can tell you like I, people trip out because I look 10 years younger. I, we launched Mito skin, 
We got to send you a bottle of Mito skin. Cynthia. Yeah, I'm totally open to it. How old are you? Melatonin based. It's a melatonin. And also we put GHK copper peptide into it and this antioxidant called a postinin, which is really amazing. And so it's a, it's a facial cream and a coconut base, all natural. And it's, it's really fantastic. Um, but, uh, but for the skin, I mean, there's really nothing, I mean, it just, it's, it's good for all you, you have. The, so think about your gut and your skin. It's like, they're always having to interact with the environment. So there's a lot of oxidation that occurs in those levels. And I can go spend the entire weekend with no sun. I don't wear sunscreen anymore because I don't burn, you know, I Brown and I don't even like Brown as much as I used to. But I was the kid that would, I'd take sailing lessons. I grew up in Hawaii. So we would go out and we would do sailing and I would have blisters, you know, all over my lips and my nose and, and I would get really red. And then I would go be white, you know, with days later, it's like, I completely lost my tan. And as you can see now, I've got a really nice tan. And I think that taking melatonin internally and also externally can be a real hack for really healthy skin. No, that's amazing. And I have to ask, because this will come up, listeners will want to know how older you are. I'm 52. No, you look great. You would not, you would definitely not guess that for sure. And and I think so much of what we look like external wise is really a reflection of how well we take care of ourselves internally. And when I think back to, I was hospitalized three years ago, listeners know this whole story, 13 days in the hospital, very humbling as a healthcare professional and I would have people saying, there's no way you're X age. It's time I was 47. And so I tell people, unfortunately, we have set the bar so low for middle-aged people, elderly people that we assume that if you look younger, that there must be, you've, you've got some type of a hack. And so, so much of it's the way we lead our lifestyles, you know, high quality supplements, intermittent fasting, all of these things can absolutely contribute to being a bit more youthful and certainly having more energy than people much, much younger than us. John, let us know. You mentioned where we can connect with you, how to connect about your supplements. We'll include all the links. It's been a pleasure. I had four pages of notes. I could have taken this in so many different directions, but I love that we were able to have such a wonderfully organic conversation. Yeah, me too. Well, you know, it sounds like you're doing some great work and you're out there speaking and I've been getting invited on more and more, you know, platforms to come out and speak. So I I anticipate you and I'll probably be sharing a stage at some point in the future. Absolutely. We have some mutual friends that I was able to see this past weekend. So definitely for sure. Yeah. I think I know who they are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Cynthia. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. If you love this podcast episode, please leave a rating and review, subscribe and tell a friend. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. 
And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.